0: Good morning. I my name is Nikki Grassmeyer. I am the students' pastor here at Mars Hill. Last week we had the uh, privilege of celebrating our fifth graders. They uh, we marked the milestone where they end their time in Mars Hill Kids and transition into Mars Hill students. So this is Finn. Finn is uh, a fifth grade student, soon to be sixth grade, and he is officially a Mars Hill student. Uh, woohoo! Right. <laughs> Which means that uh, he will continue participating in the Shed on Sunday mornings. Uh, So we hope... That throughout the next couple of weeks, that you will notice some students who uh, perhaps didn't dismiss before or did dismiss before and are no longer dismissing and are hanging around here, like our other middle schoolers and high schoolers, and you'll take a moment to introduce yourself to them, because we believe uh, their place in the church matters now and they belong here right now uh, in our gathered body. So make a point of uh, connecting with our fifth graders and our other middle schoolers and high schoolers that hang out in the shed. Uh, and Finn is going to read our script sure this morning. So uh, let's go Finn. Um, today's teaching text is Ephesians 6, 10-13 on page 1083 in the Shed Bible. Finally,
1: Right here, right here, right here, right on. My name is Denise, and I am the pastor of mobilization here at Mars. And I, yes, yes, come on, woo! I'll take that, I'll take that, I'll take it. Um, And it's my privilege to be able to bring the word. I'm here today. Apostle Paul says, Finally, finally, be strong. Now, if there are two words that can bring me straight from zero to a thousand in a panic attack, it's be strong. My friend and um, pastor, and she's also a clinical therapist, uh, Dr. Reverend Dr. Shanika Walker-Barnes, she wrote a book called um, Too Heavy a Yoke, The Burden of a Strong Black Woman, and talks about how this idea of being strong is often something that people sort of credit us or pat us on the back with, but how it often leads to burdens and expectations that cause wear and tear on our minds and our bodies and our psyches over time. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, be strong. And my first impulse is, you want me to be a superwoman. I mean, just really, just think about it. So over the last few weeks, as we have been walking through this letter to the church in Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, with the help of Tim, Ashley, and Troy, have invited us to recognize that we are alive in Christ, and we are alive and attached so that we can be confident in our place in the family. And we've been invited to recognize that we are alive and together because proximity matters to us and to God. And we've realized that we are alive to a plan which is more than just about us, but that the stakes are high, Pastor Ashley helped us to realize as it relates to our aliveness in Christ and Troy invited us to put on and to take off in our spiritually alive experience and life in Christ and then last week we were invited to recognize the degree to which we are alive to surrender by imitating Christ in our lives together. And then today, the series ends with Alive in Christ by the Spirit. And the Apostle Paul says, finally, be strong. Well, it sounds like we're going to need to be strong because we got a lot of ground to cover in this faithful life that we get to live alive together in Christ. Be strong. And it really is the sort of invitation that I frequently see um, being extended to people as they grow in faith. Why don't you be stronger? Then maybe you can walk away from this addiction. Why aren't you stronger? Maybe you can walk away from that relationship. Why aren't you stronger? Maybe you can stay in prayer longer or you can memorize scripture better or you can, or you can, or you can be strong. And when our strength, collapses and we fall back into the ways of death and not life we look at each other and we say "Mm, what's wrong with them then they must not be strong i'm so glad that the apostle paul did not leave it there but that he declared finally be strong in the lord amen amen Be strong, not in yourself, not in your ability. Yes, there are things that we must do. And when we do what it is that we faithfully are given to do, be strong in the Lord who is tenderhearted. Be strong in the Lord who is gracious and abounding in steadfast love. Be strong in the Lord. Not just human effort. Not just that armor of strength. That we hide behind sometimes. Be strong in the Lord, in Christ, and in Christ's power. What is Christ's power? You know what it is. Simply the Holy Spirit. And today is Pentecost, and we get to celebrate the birthday of the church when the Spirit of God, who had been hovering over the earth since creation, who had led by fire and by cloud, who had invigorated the voices of the prophets and the kings, who impregnated a virgin and pushed forth the heavy stone from the tomb so that we might proclaim Christ is risen. That is the spirit of Christ the very same spirit of Christ, the very same spirit of God who led Christ into and through the wilderness of temptation, who proceeds from his lips onto the disciples on those moments, those last moments that they had with him after he had risen, when he breathed out on them that spirit Proclaim to Peter, you are the rock upon which the church would be established and the gates of hell will not prevail. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of that very spirit. This is for you nerds out here. I'm just going to throw this out. In the ninth century, one of our famous and beloved creeds added a philoquia clause. You're welcome very much was added to the Nicene Creed confirming that the Holy Spirit didn't just proceed from the Father but also from the Son. You're welcome again. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of His Holy Spirit. Why? For we wrestle. The Apostle Paul understands that the reality of a people living in a struggle is true and real in Ephesus and in the ancient world. That they are fighting against the false god practices of Artemis and the, the true living God. That there's a wrestling happening against empire, against the teaching of the temple. There's a wrestling that's going on and Paul was well aware of this wrestling. Some translations said struggling. We wrestle not against flesh and blood and beloved, we too wrestle. Although some of us may choose to ignore the wrestling that is going on, and I miss, there is a wrestling going on, is a wrestling that seems like it's between women and men. It was too fast. Now, ain't nobody gonna listen to what I'm saying, so let me just. It is a wrestling (laughs) that happens. It seems to be between races of people and countries and nations, and it seems like there's a wrestling that's going on. And even sometimes in our own church here at Mars Hill, it might seem like there's a wrestling between who we used to be and who we're gonna be now. And sometimes it's a playful wrestling like a lion with his cub. And sometimes, yes, it's a full-scale wrestling match like Andre the Giant and Hulk Hogan circa 1983 WrestleMania number three. Right on. I knew I'd get your attention. There's a wrestling going on, beloved. But whatever the scale, the Apostle Paul is letting the churches at Ephesus know and letting us also know that our wrestling is not with the person who seems to be right in front of us. That our wrestling is not with the person who seems to hold opposing views. That our wrestling is not with the people who seem like they just want to make life difficult for us. Our wrestling is not just with those who seem to want to take away our liberties. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, he says, and the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil and heavenly realms. I wish I could unpack that more for you, but we got to move on. But before we do, I'll just simply say this. That just as there is a Holy Spirit who leads us into all truth, who advocates for us in the throne room of God, just as there is a Holy Spirit who brings peace and seals our salvation until the day of redemption, there are other forces at work in the world. Forces that want us to question our place in the family of God and our right to be confident in it. Forces that want to resurrect hostility already put to death and buried in Christ. Forces that want us to act like the stakes are not high. That there aren't cosmic implications for how we show up as witnesses to the kingdom alive in Christ. There are forces that want us to forget and to doubt And even to live in fear, in fear of God, in fear of ourselves, and definitely in fear of one another. There are forces that make it hard for us to surrender, to submit ourselves to one another as to the Lord. That makes it hard for wives and husbands and fathers and children and masters and servants to be able to lean in to the fullness of this aliveness in Christ as we've come to know Him. And as sure as there is a Holy Spirit, there are other invisible forces. And his instructions, the instructions of God's word for today and every day is by all means do your part. Do the part that has been walked out before us in the example of Christ. Do our part, which simply is to put on the whole armor of God. Put on the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness. Have our feet ready to run to peace. But this message, this message, is—it's not just about me. It's about us. This letter is not just going to Timothy, telling him how to lead his church. It's not just going to Philemon, telling him how to engage with Onesimus. This is a message that is going out to the church to the collective body, to the ecclesia, to the gathered people, to my people who are called by my name, one church. And this message goes out to remind us collectively to put on the whole armor of God. And after we've done all we can... Paul simply reminds us, encourages us, compels us to simply stand. So I want to invite us to stand in three different ways, if we will. First of all, I invite us to stand firm. This word, stand firm, as it exists in the Greek, is present tense. And anytime we see something that is in present tense, it means stand firm and keep on standing. There's a continuous nature in it. It's not, I stood firm and nothing happened, and so now I'm going to sit down. I'm going to lay down. I'm going to walk away. But it's a continuous notion, present tense, stand firm. Beloved of God, remember, this is a communal call. God is calling the whole church, stand firm and keep on standing. Standing. This standing firm. It's not something that, that, that we can do or should do by ourselves, but that we should do as a community together. The, the instruction here to be strengthened is also a present tense word, which emphasizes the continuing nature of being strengthened. Keep standing firm. Keep being strengthened. And I like what Brian Peterson, professor at Lutheran Theological Southern Seminary said, he said, it's not experienced all at once, but it's part of the ongoing life of the church together. And he said, it might best be translated in this way. Listen, all of you together keep on being strengthened by the Lord. It is something with which we are never finished, beloved. Beloved but which points to the lifelong habit of trusting God, of finding life, love, and strength in Him." This is what it means to stand firm. I want to encourage us today to stand firm. And then second, I want to invite us to stand fast. If we have any pilgrim's progress, um, friends, in the room, we know that there's a a good brother there in the narrative, in the right called Stand Fast. Stand Fast was found on his knees one day, having been interrogated by the temptress. He fell down on his knees and gives us an image of that. I, I, I was reading um, a, a translation of. Of, of this book and, and 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 one of the things that that they really illumined was this this way that 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 standfast showed up in the world they called him one who was inclined to musing one who was inclined to 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 deep thought and contemplation is what I would say and 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 and, and in this in this translation standfast would would advise that this was, this was the key to his standing fastness. He said, I'd walk a good deal alone. Strike out across the country from time to time alone and have good long walks and talks with myself. I wonder if the church needs to have some good long walks and talks with ourselves. And, 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 and when you know He said, when you know, when I know that I'd be passing places of temptation, I'd see that thought. And and, and, and even in my imagination, I'd allow myself to be occupied with solemn considerations about the certain issue of such and such temptations. Something to be learned from this this good brother, stand fast. It kind of reminds me of what the Apostle Paul says right here. It reminds me that we have some internal work that we need to do collectively, people of God, as the church. And our work is more corporate than individual. We want to put on our own armor of God. But as a collective, if we are to stand fast, I hear the Apostle Paul say, get your gate right and let truth. Keep your balanced. Get your heart right. The seed of your will, your volition, your intention. Put on the breastplate of righteousness. Get your walk right. Ready to proclaim the gospel of peace in the midst of confusion. I hear him say, let faith be your shield from the lies that get thrown and get tossed. Steadfast gets the importance of getting your mind right, the helmet of salvation, which is secured by the Spirit because there are invisible forces at work. And there's one thing that's true about these invisible forces is they have no new tricks. The enemy, the hinderer, whatever you want, it has no new tricks, just like in the garden, the enemy asked Adam and Eve, did God really say? Just as he continues to ask us today, did God really say? May Cain ask, am I my brother's keeper? As we continue to ask, am I my brother's keeper? led those who were building the Tower of Babel to believe that they could actually reach and become one with God. Sound familiar? Spoke to Jesus in the wilderness. If you really are who you say you are, prove it. And put God to the test. The enemy has no new tricks. Same old trick and stand fast would help us to recognize that with the entire armor on, we represent a posture of resistance. And the only weapon to keep it all at bay is the sword of the Spirit of God, which is the Word of God. Now, in our time and day, when we think about a sword, we're automatically thinking about often destruction or harm, but I submit to you that this is not a wielding as to kill or to destroy, but a brandishing to hold off and to warn that if the adversary should choose to approach, it will be to its own undoing. For the spirit of the word will do the work and it is sharper than any two-edged sword, cutting to the flesh and the bone and the marrow, even to the human heart. I wonder if we can stand firm, stand fast, and stand still. Moses and the children of Israel were finally released by Pharaoh to enter into the wilderness and ultimately the direction of God's promise. And then the word of the Lord says that the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's a mystery. Why would God do that? We can talk about that in Bible study someday. But at any rate, God hardened his heart and Pharaoh came to himself and realized that his help, his slaves, his people who were building his empire were getting away and they were leaving. And then he, he, he gathered together his chariots and all of his horses and all of his army and he began to pursue the Israelites and their fleeing. And they turned to Moses and they began to murmur, were there not enough graves back in Egypt? We told you we didn't want to go. And now, here we are, trapped between Pharaoh's army and the Red Sea. Surely, we are preparing to die. And Moses said this to them, and I say this to us today. He said, fear not. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. I wonder if we can stand still Having done all to stand, the Apostle Paul says, having done done all the things to to, to understand the security that we have in our place with God, having done all to understand the, the brevity and the weight that comes with living alive in Christ, having understood how we live faithfully in life with each other, putting on what is helpful, taking off what is not, having done all that we can possibly do, putting on the whole armor of God, don't give up. Having done all of this to stand, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because the Lord is not lax concerning God's promises. If God said it, God will do it. It will come to pass and it will come to pass by the same Spirit, by the Spirit of Christ who is made perfect in our weakness. By the Spirit of Christ that is the rock that is higher than ourselves. The Spirit of Christ, the one in whom we have our confidence. That when we've done all we can, we can stand, keep on standing, alive in Christ by the Spirit amen. Speaking of the Spirit, Christ is made available to us in the sacraments by way of the Spirit. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead is the same Spirit that makes this meal the only food for our souls. And so the Lord be with you. you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Holy and right it is and a good and joyful thing at all times and in all places to give thanks to you, God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Therefore, we praise you, O God, joining our voices with angels and with archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing this hymn to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, 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 God of power and might, heaven and earth are filled with your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Send your spirit, your sweet spirit upon us now, we pray so that the bread we break and the cup we bless might be to us the communion of the body and blood of Jesus Christ our Lord. And as these grains have been gathered from many fields into one loaf, and as these grapes from many vines into one cup, so soon and very soon, may your church be gathered together in you. Even so, come Lord Jesus, amen. And so I give to you that which I also receive How the Lord Jesus on the night when he had been betrayed, he sat with his disciples and after they had eaten, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to them saying, this is my body broken for you. And in the same manner, after they had supped, he took the cup. And after giving thanks, he gave it to them saying, this this is the new covenant in my blood. As often as you partake of it, You proclaim my death until I come again. These are the gifts of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. And together we join our voices with the voices of the past, the present, and the future, and those all around the world who sum up what we believe in these three simple phrases. Say them with me. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. Amen.